Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy and blessed Tuesday, blessed feast of the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and welcome to episode 471 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where tonight, oh boy, it feels like Christmas come early for us people who cover the box office because not only do we have the biggest box office flop in MCU history, both with the lowest opening weekend on record and also with the highest second weekend drop-off and with projected to be the lowest box office in MCU history, even before you adjust for things like inflation in a film like The Marvels. Not only do you have a film like The Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, the prequel starring Rachel Zegler from, uh, you know, mostly famous for her her comments in regards to her appearance in the film Snow White, which has been delayed uh, to oblivion. That film, The Hunger Games prequel, coming in at the lowest of that entire franchise history by quite a bit, by multiple millions of tickets. We also... We also have a little film, a little $200 million animated film from Disney called Wish, which is coming out tonight. The early screenings were around 3 p.m. or so in my area, um, may have had similar showings to you. But this little $200 million film right now currently projected to have a abysmal opening weekend and abysmal, abysmal five-day stretch as well. And yet, we all know... Just like when anytime this thing's happened with Disney or any other film for that matter, we know that Tony and Nance over at Deadline and, and all the mainstream shills, that they're going to come to bat. They're going to come to bat and try and argue about how it's actually really, really good, right? With The Hunger Games, well, you know, the cinema score came in at a B plus, and that's not too far from the A minus that the other Hunger Games films got. And yet the box office is far, far away from what the other Hunger Games were, uh, Hunger Games films were, and in regards to films like Wish, you could argue, oh, well, at least it's coming in about twenty million or so above where Strange, <laughs> Strange World came in last year. Remember how bad that movie was? Remember how low that film's box office was over a holiday weekend? Yeah, I remember. And I feel like I also remember them making excuses saying, well, you know, traditionally, the holiday is not always uh, kind to move. Like, they always come up with these various excuses for why these films do poorly. The fact is, the film, Wish, with especially a $200 million production budget. Let's just be honest. This is also looking to be another massive flop. This has been the year of flops. I think that 2023, when you look back at it through the history books, it will be remembered as the year of flops. It'll be remembered as the year in which Disney finally got its comeuppance, right? And it's going to be the year that I think we're finally seeing, hey, audiences, it seems, at the very least, across various demographics, both the families in regards to films like last year really starting off, you know, starting things off, um, you know, with or rather in previous years, like a film like Lightyear, for instance, I think really got the ball rolling with that. But then every subsequent release from them, even a film like Elemental, which had a very strong down the road stretch, right? It stretched its legs quite a bit box office wise, still was not able to make up for the amount of money that Disney just wastes on so many of these films. It's not even that their films look that much better or are that much better. In, in many regards, they're actually objectively worse. And the actual objective quality even of the film is very different, or not that different, I should say, compared to films that cost a, a minuscule amount 
in comparison. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a good time to cover box office stuff right now, and we're going to talk about all of it tonight. And of course, we'll take your comments and questions and all that good stuff. And I just want to say thank you all for being here. Before going any further, though, please make sure you smash that like button. A lot of that thought about Aussie and smash the rumble button as well. And uh, thank you all again for being here tonight. Also, I did start earlier. So as you can see, the start time has been kind of all over the place. And it all comes down to, I got kids. I can't bring it up, but it's true. I do. I got a two-month-old and a three-year-old. And the three-year-old's bedtime is usually around 7 p.m., depending on you know how dinner goes and, and how if there's a bath, how bath time goes. Anyone who has kids, you know. Yeah, you can have a bedtime and a time that you have in mind of when when things are going to calm down. And it's not always going to, and most of the time, it's not going to actually get anywhere close to what you had planned. And so uh, tonight, though, uh, Baby Thor was actually in bed around the time that he should be in bed. Um, and then uh, Baby Sif, she is, uh, I was able to get her down as well uh, before taking care of Baby Thor. Uh, gotta gotta help the wife. Happy wife is a happy life. And so I wanted to start a little bit earlier so that way if things are slowing down hour and 15 minutes in, we can start to wrap things up there. And if not, we can go an hour and 30 minutes in, ending around 8.30 at the latest Eastern time. But thank you all for always being so understanding and for being so flexible. All right, let's dive back into the chats and see what y'all have going on tonight. First off, we got Father Luca. What's up, Father Luca? He was here at 4.36 saying, Hey, y'all, tonight I'll be traveling by bus, so not a lot of sleep tonight. Yay. Maybe I'll stop by to say hello from the other side. But don't worry, I won't call a thousand times. Hey, Father Luca, no problem at all. And have a safe bus ride if you are finished traveling. I hope that you got there safely. And if you're still traveling, please don't uh, distract the bus driver, okay? I want you, want you to be safe, Father. We got Mr. Roy in the chat. What's going on, Mr. Roy? We got Laura, the modern major general, saying, doing math. <laughs> is that was it the abacus is that what it's called I, I i don't know the official name of it i feel like that is that name or it's something similar but i love that you can actually put that put that image in the chat uh prince green in the chat what's going on prince green welcome let's see we got bruce with a thumbs up at 656 hanging out he saw the chat about us going live early we got the man with the orange hat himself orange hat What's up, brother? He is the King Mod. Make sure yet you follow his instructions, or he will indeed lay down his mighty ox. And we'll, uh, we'll tear you down. Master of Gaming in the chat. What's up, Master of Gaming? Bruce was getting very excited with all kinds of, uh, of emotes going on there. It's kind of silly how they've added those in there, but it makes me laugh. It makes me laugh. It makes me very happy. Lester, San Jose, the Skeptic Tank. What's up, Lester? What's up, brother? Welcome to the Keeper of the Bifrost level. Please enjoy all your perks. Check out the community tab if you want to find access to the previous podcast episodes. And there should also there be a link to get access to the Discord channel. A lot of good stuff, awesome stuff happening over on the desk, on the Discord channel. And uh, for those recent winners on the Discord channel, in fact, of the Top Gun, not the Top Gun, of the Mission Impossible, Directing Part 1, 4K Steelbooks, those have been packaged. They'll be in the mail tomorrow. Uh, let's see. Rob D. What's up, brother? Says, hello, Odin. Saturday is my birthday. And a post-2020 Disney movie set to bomb? You don't say. This just can't possibly be correct. I know, right? It's not Disney. Disney can't have flops. Disney's movies can't bomb. Everyone loves Disney. Disney's IP is still so valuable. Disney's stock prices is still the highest it's ever. <laughs> wait, oh, wait. No, it's not. Oh, it's actually not. Uh, couldn't happen to a nicer company. 
And it doesn't look like they're changing. Like, that's the thing that to me, like, obviously I... Because I know that some would say, why do you care so much? If you don't care, if you don't care about it anymore, why do you even watch it? Why do you even talk about it? Because it's something that I'm passionate about. Especially when it comes to box office stuff. I'm just passionate about that in general. But at the same time, it's like, well, we should. Because if we don't talk about it, guess what? All you have left are shills and uh, people that are trying to prop up, you know, and, and not actually give constructive criticism and not actually give criticism in general to films that deserve to be critici- criticized, right? To a company that deserves to be criticized. Um, but, uh, hey, happy belated birthday, Rob D. Lester says, good to be here. Good to have you here, brother. We got Tony Goins in the chat. What's up, Tony? Dr. Martin, uh, I don't know why I said Martin. Dr. Martin Van Nostren says, happy Thanksgiving to you, the chat, and your families. Yes, indeed. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. An early happy Thanksgiving as, of course, um, no streams uh, until next Tuesday. Right now is the schedule. So absolutely hope everyone has a wonderful and a blessed Thanksgiving. Let's see. Great Wuda says, I finally watched Outlaw Johnny Black, and I'm glad I didn't spend any money watching it. Black Dynamite is so much better. I don't know much about that one, so can't say. Lester says, Happy Feast to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Orange Hat says, TMZ is heavily shilling for Rachel Zegler, saying she got butts in seats. They're also praising it's the number one spot in the box office. Reason for both was nostalgia and terrible competition. Uh, Well, here's the thing. Actually, you could even argue it has nothing to do with any of those things. It was a new movie. New movies, by their very nature, by design, usually have the highest box office because it's a new movie and it's something that the people that are still going to see movies haven't seen yet. And so you are naturally going to have more people going. So it's not it's not even technically a competition thing or a nostalgia thing. I think you could say like it got as high as it did because it's got the IP, right? We could we could word that as nostalgia, but ultimately that's that's IP and name recognition, right? People will ultimately, you know, normie audiences still will see certain films and franchise and say, Oh, a Hunger Games movie? Oh, I like the other Hunger Games films. I'm gonna go see this one. I don't really know what this is about, but I'll go see it anyway. You know, it, those people don't exist nearly in as many numbers as it used to be, especially because of habits being broken with COVID and more so because of ticket prices being so expensive that people just can't justify wasting their money on these crap films anymore or on these films that if they're not bad in of themselves, or at the very least, no one asked for. No, no one was really looking for. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I think that there are a lot of reasons. But, yeah, I think I saw, in fact, what you had uh, posted uh, the other day uh, that you had posted about TMZ uh, shilling. And, yeah, it's, it's kind of hilarious because... You know, we, we talk about that movie, and we've I've mentioned this several times, right? If you look historically at where that film, right, where Songbirds and Snakes falls in the entire history of that franchise, it is by far the worst. I, I mean, the last movie at... So, the last movie was the lowest point in the Hunger Games franchise until now. And that previous low point was 12 million tickets domestic opening. Compare that to 3 million tickets domestic opening... That's a huge drop-off. So you went from 19 million tickets for both the first and second films, dropped to then about 17 million tickets for the third film, and by the last one, you dropped all the way down to 12. So to have that drop all the way down to three, I mean, if you're going to try to say that she got butts in seats, and what, what drives you even crazier about it is that look at the tracking, the tracking for the movie. You, you cannot possibly argue that she somehow got butts in seats when the tracking was already quite low. 
And then it ended up coming in at the bottom end of all of the last minute projections, right? All of the last minute projections that went into it were all saying that 44 million was going to be the low end. And that's where it got. That, that means that it was not performing nearly as well as they had expected it to, right? Everyone was talking about how they expected it to be 50 million plus, you know, it was going to easily get to $100 million, and, and it didn't. And so to say that she got butts in seats, it's just not realistic. Now, I think that equally as unrealistic are people who are still going out of their way to attack Rachel Zegler. Because, again, I'm that guy where I try to be as, not necessarily middle of the road, but as common sense as I can. Right? Are there people that chose not to go see it because of her and because of her marketing and lack of marketing skills? Yeah, absolutely. Those people exist. But most of the people that are the most hardcore and the most you know knowledgeable of anything going on with Rachel Zegler are people that already had no intention of going to see that movie. So to say that she's the reason the film failed, I don't think is honest. I think you'd say that she's the reason why it didn't succeed, not because people chose not to go see her, but because she's not able to draw people to see her. So there's a, there's a difference there, right? Keeping people away is one thing, not drawing a crowd is another. And for her, I think it has more to do with her not being able to draw a crowd. Um, when you just look at the general normie audiences. And that also, again, falls further into play with people just saying, wait, there's another Hunger Games movie coming out? Why? Why, why are they doing this? <laughs> this? This franchise should be over at this point. Why? Oh, money grab, right? Cash grab. All right, let's see. Printer Screen 708 says, when do you think the next box office hit will be? I mean, with so many of the movies getting pushed and getting delayed, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, I don't really even know what major films are still yet to come out. I can try to pull up the uh, the numbers schedule to see if I can at least look at the release, release schedule and get somewhat of an idea. We'll go ahead and just share that now. Not officially on our to-do list tonight, but I think it is an interesting question. So, for instance, this weekend we got Napoleon. So, coming out to think th for the Thanksgiving weekend, right? we have Napoleon and Wish. Neither film is expected to do all that well. And we'll get into the numbers in a second. But again, nothing big is going to be this weekend. You go into December and you have films like uh, Godzilla Minus One. Um, I don't know the film Animal, but I do know Godzilla Minus One. Renaissance. Um, to be frank, I and I hate to say it this way because I can't stand Beyonce. Um, you know, it was already, <laughs> I'm already not a Taylor Swift fan, but I would much rather, if I had to see something that's a concert in, in theaters between Beyonce and Taylor Swift. I'm doing Taylor Swift every single time. I just can't stand Beyonce. Um, that is going to do well, all right? Because AMC Theaters is the one distributing it. They did the same thing with the Taylor Swift film. So I think because of that, they're probably going to find a lot of success because whether we want to admit it or not, Beyonce does bring in a lot of people, right? People are drawn to, to her. So I do think that what's interesting, though, and what could be interesting is and maybe I'm out of line here, but also I'm not a big music follower in general. I think that between the Taylor Swift film and the Beyonce Renaissance film, I think Taylor Swift is going to end up being higher. I think Taylor Swift is going to have been more successful. That's just me. That That's just like this gut feeling that I have. But I still think Beyonce could still end up, you know, doing well. Now, that's not going to be, though, a definition of what we would typically describe as a hit, right? Usually by a hit, we typically in today's world means, you know, over $500 million, maybe close to a billion dollars, right, depending on his budget. So, again, as far as the success, I could see that one being the case. I want Godzilla Minus One to do well. That's actually one of the few films still slated for 2023 that I'm actually looking forward to is Godzilla Minus One because it's by Toho. 
I can't stand the MonsterVerse films. I know there's a lot of defenders of those films. I know there's a lot of people that just go gaga for all the stuff that uh, Legendary, or is it, is it Legendary, or whatever the company's name is that's been handling those films, like Godzilla vs. Kong and Godzilla King of the Monsters. I just, I, I thought they've, they're all been, they've, they've all been crap. They really, honestly, the only exception is the 2014 Godzilla film. I think that was the only MonsterVerse, like official MonsterVerse, like starting in 2014 specifically, that I can stomach. All the other ones are just so blah and have such a terrible human story that's not compelling at all. And the CGI is just not really all that great either. I saw the trailer for Godzilla Minus One. I'm like, this seems like a return to form. This is being made by people that understand the concept and are going to actually do justice to it. Because I remember watching the old school 19, you know, 50s films um, and, and, and watching them on TV, even when you had the guy in the suit, right back in the day. And I remember really enjoying those. So just for them to be able to return to form, but then also still have CGI and even the CGI that I have seen has looked so much better than anything that has been put out by MonsterVerse crap. Um, so I want this film to do well, but right now the projections are not high. I think this film's going to overperform because I do think there's a lot of hype for it, but it does have one thing that in general, keeps the film back. It's not a rule, but it is a principle that is usually true. Films that have subtitles do not always translate as well for American audiences. That's why you might have films that will do well. For instance, there's a lot of uh, anime films that we get, right? Suzume so came out uh, you know, last year or earlier this year for us, and it was great. I, I loved it. Um, and for an American film, you know, an American release of an anime film, it did well. But compared to like a, you know, um, even a lower end release, like a Little Mermaid, for instance, right? I, I say that's a lower end film because that didn't really make money. However, on paper, did a lot more money than a film like uh, Suzume. Suzume made its money back, which is the one thing that, you know, films like Little Mermaid and other Disney releases and other big studio releases, especially over the summer, can't say. You know, even films like Dead Reckoning Part 1 can't say they made their money back either. Um, but I, I, I think that uh, ultimately, though, when I look at a film like Godzilla Minus One, I do think that because it is Godzilla, I think more people would be willing to sit through a subtitled film. There probably will be dubbed versions out there too. I'm a sub, you know, I'm on team sub all day, um, but that's just me. So even then though, it's going to overperform. I don't think it's going to be a massive American hit at the very least, right? Uh, the Boy and the Huron from G-Kids, uh, Wonka... I'm sorry, Warner Brothers has not done much of anything either, right? Disney, Warner Brothers, all the major studios, they have not done it. Timothy Chalamet is not going to drive huge portions of an audience to go out and see uh, the movie. And to be honest, there's just not really a lot of hype around it. No one really is wanting a Willy Wonka uh, readaptation or reimagining. That's not something that people were clamoring for. So I think that film is also going to you know, fall by the wayside. I think it's going to do better than some of the other films. I think it's going to do better than a film like The Marvels, but... Um, I still don't think it's going to be a hit, necessarily. Um, you then get into films like Aquaman Lost Kingdom, Iron Claw, A24. I mean, that is an A24 release. I'm excited for that film. It's dealing with the with the Von Erichs uh, wrestling family. So I think that that, you know, might do well for A24. But that's not going to have, you know, major money. Aquaman is the only one where I don't think it's going to do well. Because I look at the film like The Flash, DC is dead. And, and there's just no investment that anyone can really have in those characters anymore at this point because all these characters just mean nothing, 
right? And the universe is so confused and messed up because of the things going on within Warner Brothers and within the DC universe and with James Gunn taking over. There's just a lot of confusion there. Um, but there is the one factor, which is that Jason Momoa is still in the movie and theoretically he's going to be shirtless. And I think that's kind of what helped the first film get to a billion dollars. It's the only DCEU film to have that kind of success. And I think a lot of it was because it drove a higher percentage of female audiences out versus the other films. Um, I don't think that's going to happen in this case, but I always leave that as a, you never know. I don't think it's going to happen, but could it happen? Maybe. Um, and then from there, you got the Christmas releases, the boys in the boat. Okay. Color purple. I don't think that's going to be a major hit Ferrari. I can't see. So for the rest of this year. Yeah. I don't think there's any films that are going to get to a billion dollars or, or do like what we would consider to be, you know, massive hits. All right, back into the chat. Wayward Noodle, who's a member. Happy Turkey Day to all. Happy Turkey Day. Master of Gaming says, 2023 is also the year of surprise hits like Sound of Freedom and The Blind. Again, I do think that we have to be always having that caveat of, yes, I think that we could definitely define, at the very least, with Sound of Freedom. The Blind, I don't know nearly about as much as well, um, especially the budget for said film. Um, what I can say, though, is Sound of Freedom is a hit in that it made money and that return on investment was good. However, um, there were films that, I mean, for instance, Mario, right, made much more profit uh, than a film like Sound of Freedom did. So it, it's a year of Sound of Freedom. I wouldn't say it's a year of surprise hits, though, because that would require there to be many of, of those. And Sound of Freedom is kind of unique in its own right. Let's see. Rob D. Tyson, I truly believe 2023 will be remembered as the year flops. 2018 is remembered as the year of PR marketing disasters with Diablo Immortal, Battlefield 5, and Fallout 76. Not a gamer, so I can't really say much about those, but yeah, 2023 will definitely be remembered for the box office. Forever Sci-Fi, hail to you. Dr. Martin says, liberal media is in major cope and obfuscation mode. They will never take responsibility for the public's lack of interest in Hollywood's replacing quality filmmaking with woke agendas. No, and, you know, people always ask, you know, why or, or when will they change? You know, when will there be? I was on Valiant Renegade stream this past Sunday. Shout out to him. And I always am very thankful when he has me on. Um, but I looked at Valiant Renegade stream and it was Michelle from Force Light Entertainment. Shout out to Force Light Entertainment. And Michelle asked the question to all of us saying, you know, when do you think these people are going to wake up? And the main point I was trying to make when I was answering the question was, I don't think they're ever going to change until they clean house. Because the people that are making these choices, the people that are making these decisions, they are all activists, right? They are all activists is the polite word for it. Cultists would probably be more of an accurate term. And so since because they believe in this so much, and because they are so invested in the message, right, going back to that quote from the Joker, from the Dark Knight, it's not about the money, it's the message, right? That's what we're seeing right now. That, that's what's happening. We, we have these, these, these insane ideologies running these companies and corporations into the ground. And they're doing so much damage, not just to the company, because I could care less about a company in that instance, right, but the IP, there are IPs I care about. I do care about IPs like Star Wars, for instance. It's hard to care about it now in these days because of just how bad things have gotten. But I still ultimately care about it. I, I love the original trilogy. All right. I'm always going to be able to go back to those films and love them and enjoy them. I'll always be able to go back to the uh, to the novels, right, to the EU and, and be able to enjoy those also because I do care about it. But the, the amount of damage that is being done to these IPs is... It's sad, but it's also dang impressive because I don't think anyone could have ever predicted that 
a company, one company in Disney would have taken on and destroyed several multi-billion dollar franchises. If you do think about it, like Disney has destroyed Star Wars. It has destroyed Marvel. Um, I would argue that it's destroyed 20th Century Fox because that in and of itself, when they took that on, right, that they took on then the legacy of Fox. And if Tina's in the chat, I don't have the live chat in front of me right now, but if Tina is in or if she joins later or if she hears this again, she'll probably agree. Yeah, 20th Century Fox, the legacy is just, again, in a way that is an IP that is also being tainted and destroyed as well. It's just insane how much they've destroyed. It's, it's actually impressive that they have been able to destroy so much in so little time when, when all things are said. Let's see. Lester says, I enjoy Gran Turismo. I did too. But to me, that was still a B movie, and it was not able to make its money back. But I asked, I did enjoy that movie. I thought it was good. Uh, Steven, what's up, brother? Tag to say, how was your weekend? Did you see any new movies this past weekend? What's the next movie you plan to see in theaters? I would love to see films in theaters. The next one that I know I want to see in a theater is going to be coming out in about a week, and that is the Godzilla Minus One. I want to see that in a theater very badly. As you all know, though, with a two-month-old toddler, it's not fair to you know spend that much time outside of the house if I if I if I can try to avoid it. So that's my hope. I I have been able to see films like the Marvels. Unfortunately, I have been able to see uh, the vast majority of a film like Hunger Hunger Games. So I'll give you some I'll give you some feedback on that once it's actually finished. Um, and I actually was also finally able to see Dumb Money. I'm very upset. I'll just say this night right now. This is my ADD working, so I'm on the topic. But I saw Dumb Money, and I'm very disappointed. You all know I love Paul freaking Dano. And Paul freaking Dano is great in the movie. He's not what's wrong with that film. It's everything else in that movie. It's just a hot mess. It's trying to be, I think, it's trying to be a mixture between Wolf of Wall Street and The Big Short. And it just does not have the same wit or the same charm as either. And it just it kind of just comes across as just something very obnoxious. And it's sad because it's telling the story of the whole GameStop stonk situation. And so it's on paper a story that should be great, that should be compelling. But instead you're like, oh, you're, you're, you're bringing these characters in? Oh, I can see that basically as you were writing the script for this, you said, how can we find representation? <laughs> how, can we, how can we make this a very inclusive movie? Oh, let's just cast these people and focus on this story and that story. Uh, and, um, some of the musical choices, it's just, yeah, it's not good. And I'm sad by that. But anyway, those are the things that I have been seeing, um, haven't done dedicated reviews because I haven't really been inspired to do dedicated reviews. If you want to find more direct reviews for anything, follow me on Criticless because I do enjoy posting reviews over there. It's much easier to type out a short, um, review and to do the, the grading scale over there. It's a lot of fun. Let's see, Keely Chow, what's going on, Keely? I answered those earlier, so hopefully you were here to hear that. Welcome back, brother. Uh, Steven says, do, 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 do. Uh, Steven, bro, I know you keep bringing this up, but nothing's ever going to change in this, so there's no reason to bring it up. That's all, that's all I'm going to say about it, all right? Um, say so most likely I'm just going to stay friends with married chick, feel bad for her because she's telling me she's lost and shit. Yeah, I mean, but ultimately... Again, that that to me is a sign that you should stay away. But also, too, um, I don't know all the details of it either, but typically a marriage fails when there is not a desire to work it out on both sides. And again, I don't know this specific situation, but normally when you use the wording of a marriage failed, it's normally not a case 
where it would be one of those extremes where, you know, it could be potential abuse or things like that. Obviously, there's a different way of talking about those. I still obviously am a Catholic, and so I very much hold to the understanding that marriage means exactly what it is, right? When we say until death, those words should mean something. If we don't mean those words when we say it, how can we ever say that we'll ever mean those words, right? Um, and that's the reason why I gave you that advice of I don't think you should go near that um, if she's trying to get into a relationship after the fact because it's like, I'm sorry, like she clearly does not have that understanding. Um, what I will say is is if, if you were going to be an, a true friend to this person and if you were going to truly support this person, instead of it being in that direction of divorce, it would be like, hey, have y'all gotten counseling? Have y'all actually given counseling a fair shot? Um, and again, that's all I'm going to say about it because I'm not here to give uh, marriage advice or to give relationship advice because um, that's really not my place. But you keep bringing it up, dude. So please just calm down with it. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Steven, again, by the way, highlight what you plan on getting for Black Friday, especially any Blu-rays. I'm waiting for all the deals to drop right now. Um, if you don't have this app, if for any physical media collectors out there, if you have not gotten the app, My Movies, it's from Blu-ray.com. Um, I highly recommend it. It's great in keeping up with what is on sale. You can get alerts so that it'll tell you if you have a, a, a price you're willing to spend. It'll send you like an email alert when it notices that there is finally a price at your level, right, at what you're expecting. But what's interesting is that there's a lot of 4Ks going on sale for between 8 and $10. And it's looking like, I think that it was uh, Victor Fontaine has been very active on the Discord. If you want to keep up with di uh, with deals, make sure you join my Discord server. Victor Fontaine's very, very good about posting new deals on there uh, for those that are interested. And one of the interesting things that he's pointed out, I think it's right, is now the new low for most 4Ks is about $8. Um, we might see some that come in lower every now and then, but like the standard low price on sale price for a lot of single 4Ks is now about $8. So I'm kind of waiting to see what else will come out um, before I, I buy anything else. There's really nothing I have my eye uh, set on yet. Um, anytime that there are classic films that come out on 4K and there are, are, you know, typically what I'm getting are most so copies to give away, um, less so for my own personal collection. Alrighty, let's see. It is 716 in the chat. Gus, what is going on, brother? Emblazon64, what's up? He says, have you seen any of the Scott Pilgrim cartoons yet? Watched the first episode, will not be watching more. Dang. Uh, no, I haven't. I, I saw the movie uh, with Michael Sarah from many years ago, and I thought it was good. I did not hear about the cartoon. I don't really care to know more about it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Abomination, what's going on, brother? He's hanging out over on Odyssey. What is going on, brother? Uh, Dune 2, right? Again, that's not coming out until next year. So, you know, when we say for the rest of this year, I'm thinking of calendar year 2023. General Wingster, you take that back. I'll never take it back. I don't know what I said at the time. Uh, Lady Tharp of Hastings. What is up, Lady Tharp? Welcome. Hardwick, are you optimistic for Napoleon quality-wise? No, I'm going to be honest, no. And uh, it's because right now, Ridley Scott has proven to be very inconsistent, but his inconsistency is is very much leaning towards bad there's there's not a lot of good films that he has done in the last 10 years that i can think of father luca odin yeah still traveling six hours are behind me and six still away that's a long bus ride father luca dang was that the only form of travel that you could take master of gaming disney also released another animated movie Encanto in 2021 do you think wish will do better than Encanto? uh based on the numbers that we're seeing 
no, because uh, Encanto, I feel, ended up doing. I don't know if it was it that it did better in the long run or that it did better when it got on to streaming. Um, but I know that that film actually had some good word of mouth. The difference, I think, the primary difference is, and obviously we know that when it comes to critics, critics don't matter. They haven't mattered for a very long time. But I know that critically, Encanto was much more positively received versus Wish, which is getting panned by basically all people. Like, Wish is getting panned by critics, by professional paid critics. It's also getting panned by, I would say, the more honest critics, like people over at Film Threat. So his name is Alan at Film Threat, gave it a scathing review, like a 3 out of 10. So I'm looking at them and I'm saying there seems to be agreement on multiple levels about that movie. And I think it was, um, was it Leanna Creole, I think? I'm trying to remember who else. Someone got an early access screening and their power went out. And she was like, yeah, in that 25 minutes that she was able to watch the film, there was no reactions from the audience. So the audience was not even invested. So she was like, I almost even wanted my money back because of, um, or she's like, I don't even care to watch the rest of it because that first 25 minutes was just nothing. Because, yeah, the first, uh, Encanto 2021 only made $230 million at the box office, and then it actually did pretty well and has been doing well streaming-wise. Um, based on the numbers that I'm seeing, yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Um, I could definitely see it doing similar numbers or maybe even slightly lower. We'll have to wait and see. Again, I'll talk about those numbers in a second. I did fall behind in the chat because I got on some rants early on. Kili Chow, what's up? Let's see, Abomination says, uh, Meet Canyon did a cover song, I mean, made a video about a Taylor Swift song, and that's going to drive tons more people to see her concert. She's going to make a million billion pesos. Ah. So that's like five bucks? Let's see, Lester, will minus one be released in the American theaters? If so, before or after the MonsterVerse? Uh, MonsterVerse doesn't have a movie coming out for a while. Uh, they just had Monarch, that new series on Apple TV, come out. Uh, I believe that is MonsterVerse, or at the very least, it's by the same company. Um, I don't know when their next movie is coming out. And I again, I'm so uninterested in MonsterVerse. I have no frame of reference of when it is, and I don't care to find out. So don't don't tag me to tell me when it's coming out, because I don't care. Um, but it, it's coming out next week. All right? So minus one is coming out next week in America. Uh, Great Wuda. But I love Godzilla vs. Kong. Bro, no. It's bad, dude. Like, again... Most of the movie is a human story that was so mind-numbingly stupid. I wanted to bash my brains in. And then of the CG that we got, it was a CGI fest. It was just a CG fest. It just wasn't good. Jacob Ironside, what's up? Steve and Taddy say, your thoughts on Christopher Nolan telling fans to buy Blu-rays for Oppenheimer so streaming doesn't take over. I mean, I, I got to give him credit. Obviously, he's very passionate about physical media, and I, I definitely appreciate that at the same time. We're, we're living in a streaming age. Um, and, and so I think that he's got a very fine line to toe. Uh, there's nothing wrong with him promoting people buying the physical media. I got actually a shout out I have to give to um, to Universal because they sent me a copy. So I got the uh, Blu-ray actually of uh, Oppenheimer. Just got this bad boy in today. So I've not been able to actually look at it or look at the special features. But it says on here, includes bonus disc, over three hours of special features. And... It's Nolan, so I, I, fi- I figured that that's probably going to be the case. So there's a Blu-ray feature film, Blu-ray special features. So there's an entire Blu-ray disc of special features. That's just kind of the nature of the beast when it comes to, to Nolan movies. But I also, if you have not checked it out, on Twitter, there's currently a giveaway. I've got two digital codes, thanks to Universal, that I'll be giving away in the next, like, 
few hours to 12. Like, I haven't decided if I'm going to do it tonight or if I'm going to pick a winner tomorrow. Um, it'll be soon, though. So I got two copies of that to give away. But anyway, shout out to Universal because I actually have that physical copy. Um, again, it looks beautiful and it's Nolan. So I know that the quality is going to be good. It, it's the movie itself was a B movie. Like for me, Oppenheimer was a B movie. I, I think that there were things in there that just were so unnecessary. All of the scenes with Florence Pugh nude was just completely unnecessary. And, and it took me out of the movie several times because it's like, no, Nolan. And, and we had this debate on Friday Night Tights one time about whether it was pretentious or not. It absolutely is pretentious. Pretentious is when you have something in your movie that exists for really no good purpose, for really no good reason. If you have no good reason to give as to why you make your film a certain way or why you film a certain sequence, then that is the very definition of, of being pretentious. And I feel like that is the case with one, the way in which Oppenheimer is shot with the going back and forth. There's no rhyme or reason to why he did it that way. It's just like, well, because I wanted to, which again, pretentious. You can like it, but pretentious is what pretentious is. And then the, the scenes with Florence Pugh and the nudity, it's like, no, 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 we don't need that. Jeremy Zakowski says, problem with minus one is going to be limited with 1500 screens showing this and going only show one week. We still don't know the actual budget rumor. It has $15 million. It wouldn't surprise me if the budget for minus one is, is that song is that small that, that honestly would not surprise me. Um, but uh, I have not looked into it Yeah, Cause it says it's getting a, a wide release. So obviously, you know, take that for what it is. Domestic release December 1st is getting an IMAX release too. It was already released in Japan November 3rd, and it is getting a release in, in various countries. So I don't know. I, I've not seen any news articles specifically, and uh, the numbers is reporting it had a $15 million budget. So yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Lester is a subtitled person himself. Good. It's the way to be. Kimberly G says, hopefully people will see Silent Night with Joel Kinnaman. Don't know anything about it. Harwick, if Beyonce wanted to achieve truth in advertising, she should change the middle syllable of her name from Jan to Yach. Okay. Steven, your thoughts on Taika Waititi confirmed not doing Thor 5 nor Star Wars movie, especially because he said he's Star Wars movie will get fans mad. Um, I, I've not heard that confirmation myself. I don't know if, if someone's spreading, a, if someone is reporting a rumor, I, again, I don't really follow that kind of stuff anymore. I'm mostly focused on on box office and just major news. Father Luca, Odin is the biggest brief fan. I am saddened to see that people fail to recognize the brilliance of the Marvels. <laughs> yes, we, we know how much of a fan of the film uh, you were. And I guess speaking of that, let's go ahead then and dive into uh, talking about the Marvels first then. And uh, that way we can get some box office talk going. All right, so... And then I'll get back into the comments. So this was the headline from Deadline. Tony over at Deadline from this past weekend. The Hunger Games Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes chirps to 44 million. I think that's appropriate. He always loves throwing the puns in. But I think that's actually an appropriate one in this case. Because it really is just a chirp. It's a very, very small chirp. Right? 44 million is the bottom end of what their projections were. And it's funny because you know how everyone and their mother was saying, well, the actor strike is what's keeping people from going to see the movie. No, turns out with a week's worth of advertising, you know how much the moodle, the, the, the needle moved in this case? Nada. One could argue it went down. Um, but in, in hindsight, or I guess you could say in all honesty, all subjective bias out of it, it just did not move the needle at all. It just didn't have any impact whatsoever. And that is a terrible thing um, in that for them. 
it's it's great because it means and confirms for us that something we've already known for a long time actors don't move the needle right they, they just don't have as much impact as many of these shills want to think that they do and lord knows how much movement the actors think big part of what the actors were saying is you need us right you need us to promote these movies because they won't sell otherwise clearly not the case um, as you can see, first talking about Hunger Games, uh, the hope was that the Suzanne Collins prequel was bound to file 50 plus million overseas was better at 54.5, but it only made 98.5. So again, they said it was gonna make over hundred million dollars made underneath it. 44 million was the bottom end they were hoping for and expecting over 50. It did not happen. It goes on to say that Saturday, it was only 15 million off of a 19.1 million Friday. And again, we can see those numbers there. And Tony is continuing to try to play, you know, cover for this movie. They're saying there's some great word of mouth for the movie among the under 25 female crowd, which could help during Thanksgiving. That's like the only true thing he actually says, right? Because it is true that during the Thanksgiving break, you're going to have the younger audience out of school, out of college, out of high school, having the ability to go. The issue, though, is we're just not really seeing those those numbers play out in this way. After the Marvels posted a franchise low, here's we're talking about the Marvels, for the MCU of 46.1 million. Remember, they originally had reported 47 million in their estimates. It got brought down to 46. Uh, isn't Songbirds and Stakes also a misfire? Not necessarily. He did the same thing too. To like, Tony, you're doing the same thing. He did the same thing trying to say when he when he was talking about how the Marvels was a huge flop. Well, didn't you say that it was a success when uh, the Scorsese film, right? When when uh, Killers of the Flower Moon made a certain amount of money, and then he tried very poorly to explain that case. This one's a bit stronger because it's true that the reports are this film only cost hundred million dollars, and there was a lot of behind the scenes financing that makes their break even much lower. But even that being the case, they're still saying in like. It's going to be profitable with 120 to 130 million dollar domestic. There's no even guarantee that that's necessarily going to even happen. Um, it's possible, but no guarantee yet. But going back into the numbers, right? So here is the big story dealing with the Marvel specifically. Let me go ahead and see if I can uh, boost this a little bit more. So with the Marvel specifically, it's currently around 162 million dollars worldwide. Right now, it's looking at being 232 million dollars in the red. All right, so this film's going to end north of $200 million most likely or around $200 million in the red. And again, this is based off of their budget report of 220. Now, Renegade and others have said that they suspect when we get the actual numbers uh, next year, sometime next year because of the way that taxes work and tax credits work in the UK, eventually we'll be able to find those things out more accurately. They suspect that the cost probably is closer to $300 million. So we're, we're talking about a movie that is going to be well north of 200, maybe even close to $300 million in the red. But based off of the two-week total being $161 million, a, a worst-case scenario historically, and I think this kind of gets the point across, typically, when we think about worst-case scenario, historically, that's when your first two weeks account for around 70% of your box office. That would mean the film would get to $230 million in a worst-case scenario. This film right now is tracking to be a chart breaker in the negative, meaning it's going to do worse than that 70% threshold. That means the first two weeks are going to account for probably closer to 80% of its box office, meaning this film is going to probably end closer to $200 million worldwide if it even gets there. 
That, that's how much this film is dropping. That's how poorly this film is doing. Doing a little bit of a comparison as well, right, with the Marvels and The Flash. Remember, we talked this past summer about how massive of a flop The Flash film was. Well, at the end of its first weekend, The Flash was at $55 million and The Marvels at $46 million. Compare it now, second Monday to second Monday. Right now, The Marvels is at $66 million. You go into The Flash at the same point of release, it was at 89.2. It's even worse when you look at the dailies. There is still not a single day where The Marvels did better at the domestic box office than The Flash did. In fact, The Marvels is currently already at $1.1 million. That means that within the course of the next week, there's going to be a day The Marvels comes in under a million dollars and has only been out for two weeks. That's abysmal. That, that, that is some of the most atrocious numbers that we have ever seen. And again, you go back in time and compare this film to other MCU movies, it is going to be, and already is, not just the worst opening weekend, that's bad enough as it is, but it's doing so poorly, it's going to be the worst box office in the entire MCU history. Now, it's not all that much better for a film like The Hunger Games. This film still, even with the most recent updated numbers, is still not at $100 million. So this movie is still not really doing all that much of anything. Let's see if the updated daily chart is out there. They have, they're holding these numbers back, right? The Marvels did make $1.1 million. They've at least reported that much. But notice how Hunger Games has not updated their numbers. They've not released what the, the, you know, what the projected Monday numbers are. That, to me, screams that they are a little nervous about releasing those numbers because it's going to show... You remember how the Marvels last weekend had a massive Sunday to Monday drop-off? They don't want that out there. They don't want that out there. So, yes, when it comes to a film like The Hunger Games, with a $100 million budget, it has to make roughly $250 million to break even. That's a heck of a lot better than the $550 million minimum break-even point of a film like The Marvels. However... It still then has to get to 250. And seeing that currently it's at 98.5, and it seems like they are slow rolling their number releases. I don't know. And again, I know that the actual break even points a lot lower than this. Again, deadline is claiming 130 domestic is that break even. So theoretically, if it were to cap off at 115 but make enough money internationally, it could have maybe the case. But it's still not going to take away the fact that this is going to be not just the lowest in the franchise, but by a plethora, a plethora by quite a bit. Anyway, let's go ahead and back, head back into the chat. By the way, thank you all again for being here. 80 people watching over on YouTube. Again, smash that like button, share this video out as well. And again, thank you all for being here for this discussion. Let's see. We got Steven at 725. So I'm about 25 minutes behind as usual. Uh, what do you think Marvel plans are in the future of MCU? Cause they seem to be moving away from the Kang dynasty. I, I know that's what the reports about it have been. And I don't know. I, I think that I think some people have rightly said, I'm, I'm not a comics expert, but some have been bringing up that maybe fantastic four and some of their villains like a Dr. Doom would be the way to go. Um, they're clearly trying to with the, way the Marvels ended with their post credit scene of Beast tr trying to tie in the X-Men. Um, but until they have some new leadership and until they get rid of all these darn activists that are in these positions of power, nothing is, is going to change and they're not going to be able to uh, recoup. Rob D says, calling it now, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom will do less than $200 million worldwide. You may disagree. Now, here's the thing. I see a world where that happens. Like, that, that's the thing, right? I see a world 
where that absolutely happens. So, by the way, I see you people over on Rumble. Let me see if the Rumble chats are actually showing up in my integrated chat. Um, it's not for some reason. That's weird. I don't like that. Um, sorry, Rumble people. Um, I'll get to y'all in a second as soon as I finish with this one. Um, but no, Rob D, I think that I, I see a world where the film does as bad, if not worse, than The Flash. I do think that Aquaman will probably do better than uh, Marvel's. That's not a very high bar. Again, the, Mar- the Marvels is a very low bar. As I, as I said, it's not just the lowest in MCU history. It's like by a lot lowest in MCU history. And that means that you'll be able to compare that film to some of the biggest bust of this year. And it's going to be right there with them. Like, I think most people thought when we thought the film was going to flop, I don't think most of us did not suspect it was going to be this bad. People might say that they did. But if you're going to be honest with yourselves, I don't think anyone expected it to be this atrocious. <laughs> and I mean, it's great to see. It really is great to see, but um, anyway. Uh, Rumble, again, I'm so, apologies. I don't know why it, it's not showing up um, in my integrated chat for some reason. Um, let me try looking through one more time to see, because the Odyssey chat is showing up, but for some reason the Rumble chat's not. But let's see, King and Rumski hanging out over there. Be right back, going to see watch the Marvels. Ew, disgusting. The Seattle Browns just switched over to Rumble to see if you're on, and I am. Yeah, I multi-stream to all the various platforms that I can. King Ramsky then says, do you think the Karens would have been a better, uh, would have been better if they had a cat fight in it? Uh, with actual cats, yes. I think that there is an argument to be made uh, that that could have helped. But uh, I don't think they had the budget for it at this point. They already wasted so much money. Uh, Bruce, yeah, I have it as well. I have actually copies that I'll be giving away at some point. Steven, your thoughts on Shang-Chi director to part ways from direct... Uh, well, here's the thing, right? Anytime a director leaves a Disney project, I'm not surprised. I mean, Disney Star Wars has had this issue for years from the very beginning. They've always had these behind the scenes issues. MCU has started to have them a lot more recently um, where it's increased quite a bit. And so it doesn't surprise me. Howard says, I noticed that the Aquaman 2 trailers feature a lot of Nicole Kidman in action scenes. I wonder if some of the reshoots replace Mira in those scenes with Queen uh, Atlanta. It, it might. And again, I know a lot of reports were out there about reshoots and I think that those are true. I don't think necessarily that they are true though because they were trying to replace Amber Heard. Remember many, many women do not like Amber Heard. I think that this was a good point being made on I think this was also on Valiant Renegade stream um, where I brought up, well, people really like to see Jason Moa shirtless but what is in a way going to fight against that though is as though there might might be many women that would want to see that they don't want to see Amber Heard. Because many of them don't like her because of all the nonsense uh, with her allegations that were proven, at least by a court of law, to be false. And seem based on reason that they're probably false, too. But I digress. Um, so, But at the same time, remember, Hollywood is not normal people. And I would not be surprised if Hollywood is still taking her side in, in a certain light. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how true that would be, but... Steven, I'm excited for Michael E. Jordan to direct Creed 4. Are you? No, because uh, Creed 1 was good. Or I should say Creed 1 was a B movie. All the others have been bad. Creed 2 was bad. Creed 3, Creed 3 was worse. So no, I don't think that's good. Father Luca, concerning Diablo Immortal, who could forget the famous, do you guys not have phones? <laughs> I don't, I don't, again, I'm not a big gamer, so that probably would have gone over my head. Uh, let's see. Prototopics, what's going on? Welcome. We got Tina in the chat. Hail to you, Tina. 
I knew you'd come. <laughs> Tina then says, make another version of Cleopatra. Damn yourself even more. I mean, I don't know how much further they can go at this point. Uh, Harwick says, did you hear the Abyss and True Lies are getting 4K releases? I did. Surprise, as I heard, there were issues that would hold 4K releases up for years to come. I, I did too, but I wouldn't be surprised if one of the reasons why those announcements have come out is that Hollywood, especially after the the writers and actors strike, was in such a holding pattern. They were probably behind the scenes saying, we got to get something going. And so it, it happened to coincide where, oh yeah, by the way, we kind of had a fire lit under us because of making less money than usual <laughs> because of the strikes. And so uh, I guess now we have to do this. I, I, I welcome it. I, I like physical media releases. So that's definitely very exciting. Uh, Midstream ad kick 44 says, yeah, I mean, I have that thing set to conservative. Um, Cause I, the way it's set up, it makes it look like you can't have ads at all. Um, if you don't have the midstream, but I have it set to the conservative standard so that it's the least amount possible. So I do apologize for that. Alrighty then. Let's see. Heartbreak Ridge, what is going on? Welcome back. Saying that for him, the next films he's going to watch are Napoleon, Silent Night, and Ferrari. Napoleon intrigues me, but I just don't trust it. I don't trust it. See, Hardwick is 731. Speaking of Wolf of Wall Street, big short type movies, have you seen Molly's Game? And if so, did you know the real life player X was Tobey Maguire? Uh, I feel like I remember hearing about that, about with Tobey Maguire at the very least. Um, yes, I did see Molly's Game and I liked it. It wasn't anything earth shattering, groundbreaking. I would say it's it's not the same. I, I, it's not filmed the same. Like with Wolf of Wall Street and Big Short, there are constant cutaways trying to explain what's going on. I don't really remember that being a huge part of Molly's game, but I did like it. I thought that it was uh, Jessica Chastain. I, I mean, she's a great actress. She's a very, very talented actress. I, whatever she says outside of of acting, obviously I could care less for what most of them have to say outside of acting. Um, but she's very talented. And I thought that that was uh, a good performance from her. See, Father Luca says, true inclusivity in movies has not been tried. Therefore, we need more inclusivity. Yep. Exactly. Lex Ludendi, what's going on, Lex Ludendi? Welcome back. Use one of your rosaries again today. Nice. Yeah, I just finished. Um, I was able to make a couple for, for Melanie Mack. Shout out to Melanie Mack. Um, I, I love how... I'm going to give a huge shout out to her right now because she doesn't need it. She's so much, so much bigger and more influential than I could ever hope to be. Uh, but one of the things that I love about her especially is how passionate she is about her faith. The fact that she has an entire channel dedicated to reading scripture daily is just amazing. She's already through uh, the book of Second Chronicles she's in right now, and it's great. So if you're someone that you're a fan of Melanie Mack or you've been wanting to read more scripture or listen, go check it out. She's doing really good stuff. Uh, Discord server, if you go to the top link in the video description, it is my link tree. Uh, the Discord is one of those options. Alrighty. Tina Guzman, what's going on, Tina Guzman? Welcome back. Giant X Killer, what's up? It's called MyMoviesBlu-ray.com. So, Blu-ray.com is the website, and then MyMovies is the name of the app. You can get that on both iOS and Android. If you just put MyMovies in, it should show up. Let's see. Laura says, speaking of Godzilla, I am watching The Monarch Show, B- so far, but only two episodes are out. That's what I've heard. I've heard that it is 
very much in the same vein as the MonsterVerse movies as far as story goes. And so for someone like me that can't stand them, that immediately went with, I was so hyped and now I'm not. And now I'm going to drag my feet on seeing that. Kimberly G says, Jeremy Johns gave Napoleon a no alcohol required. Okay. Definitely not. That, that means for for him, that's about a B, right? That's about that's like an average, average movie. So, because uh, his best is Awesome Tacular. His next one is Buy It on Blu-ray or 4K. And then after that, it's the no alcohol required one. So that means it's okay. Harvey Ridge says, critics don't matter. Heck, stars barely matter either. That's true. There is a lot of truth to that. Laura says, Encanto is one of my favorite Disney movies. I would say of the more recent releases, it is definitely one of the more inoffensive. Um, and and uh, of all the scores that Lin-Manuel Miranda has been a part of, it is the least annoying. <laughs> Not everyone's going to agree with that, but... Uh, General Wingster. Uh, if heads are f- aren't flying off in Napoleon, I'm walking out. Dang, that's a high standard. Will Riker 94, I just had to highlight this because I agree. Coco is almost a masterpiece. I love Coco. And uh, Baby Thor also likes Coco as well. It's never been his go-to movie, but it's one that we've watched a few times together. And I'm always happy when he does because I agree. It's very, very good. Uh, Laura, looking forward to seeing Napoleon Friday. Hopefully less grapes this movie. Oh, yes, Laura. Yes. (laughs) I understand that reference. Father Luca, since I care about our common home, ah, I caught that reference. I'm following the example of my fellow theologian, Greta Thunberg. She has an honorary doctorate in theology, don't you know, and decided to travel by bus. Oh, yes, yes, of course, of course. It must be an electric bus then, uh, Father Luca. If you truly care, did you not read uh, Laudato Si? Did you not read Laudate Deum? Uh, I mean, come on. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, Laura, come on, man. Giant monkey punches a giant lizard on the back of an aircraft carrier. That's a good time. Yeah, if it actually looked good. But instead, it was a, it was CGI fest. So the whole time, I was like, my eyes are bleeding. <laughs> Father Luca. Actually, Innsbruck does, have, does not have the best location. Traveling to Croatia is always long, but worth it. Nice. Okay. Abomination at 740 on Odyssey says, one uh, the best thing about the Napoleon movie is Chrissy playing Grace Randolph, asking Comics Division what he thinks about... <laughs> <laughs> Wayward Noodle. The Quartering is reporting that the new Fantastic Four is being made, and they're going to have the Silver Surfer in it, but they're going to make him a girl. Cue Carmen Kennedy. Yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard that too. But right now, it seems that's more r- rumors. Like, that, that hasn't actually been confirmed yet. It would not surprise me by any means. But with stuff like that, I'm always like, I'm always hesitant. Because some things, sometimes things are so on the nose, you're like, it seems like it would be true. And it very well could be. But that does not necessarily mean that that's the case. All right. Voice getting a little tired there. Let's see. Really old movies. 741. It's true. I love physical media, but Target and Best Buy are slowly phasing it out. The only good ones that will still uh, last are Criterion, Kino Lorber, Flickr Alley, and maybe Warner Archive. And I know that it's the devil that we love to hate, but it's also the devil that most people use. Things like Amazon. Amazon also has picked up having 4K steelbooks. So I think that as long as as that is around, I think that that would actually still... uh, 
supply the the support that might be needed to keep those things coming out. But yeah, Tina, yes, the Marvels was very pretentious. Oh wait, what are we talking about? Oh no, I agree. Uh, they they're both pretentious. Both Oppenheimer and the Marvels are pretentious, just for very different reasons. Let's see. Rob D says, I thought Oppenheimer was just completely boring after the A-bomb scene, and I really did not see the Killian Murphy naked as well. I, yeah, I, I didn't need to, no one needed to see that, Rob D. No one needed to see any of that. Um, it was completely unnecessary. Like, the, <laughs> like, there are certain things where people will say they're unnecessary, and it's like, you know, hit or miss whether or not people would agree. I think most people, if you're being honest, would look at that scene and that sequence and say, no, there's no reason whatsoever for that thing to exist. No reason. No reason. And and yeah, the entire, the immediate buildup to the bomb was exciting. And then the very end, uh, with the congressional hearing, not everyone liked that. Um, those are the only things that I found in, intriguing for me personally. Forever Sci-Fi, I upload a bunch of old CDs to my phone and play them through Apple Music. Now Apple tells me that a bunch of them aren't available in my country and blocks them from playing. Buy physical. Dang. Wow. Absolutely. I, I'm all, you all know I'm a big proponent. Can't if you can't tell, I'm a big proponent of physical media, right? Actually owning it. And uh because then they yeah, they can't. And if you ever have the ability to save up the money, get your own server, build up your own version of Netflix, right? I, I digitize my entire physical media library because I have obviously the physical media, but then if I ever am being lazy, and let's be honest with ourselves, most of us are lazy from time to time, if not more. And sometimes it's nice to have the convenience of Netflix. Well, you can create your own, essentially, using uh, things like uh, Plex. I'm now playing around with a Plex alternative called Jellyfin, which I, I like for various reasons, because um, Plex sometimes has these random issues that you'll run into. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it does take time and it does take money to do that. But um, I think it, it's ultimately worth it, though. Harwick says, cinematography in Oppenheimer is meant to show which parts are objective historical fact, black and white, and subjective speculation color. Uh, okay. I, again, I, I I don't think that's consistent, though. That that might be what some people will say about it. Maybe even Nolan himself, for all I know. But that's that's not how it comes across. <laughs> again, pretentious. Let's see. Laura says, perfect casting of Brie as an awkward scientist in lessons in chemistry, but the show is horribly depressing. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, sounds about right. Sounds about right. Giant Killer. What was that site you mentioned that's good getting physical media? I, I Hopefully you heard it the second time I mentioned it. Let's see. Steven. Marvel Bomb's so bad at box office that Kevin Feige has to change plans for future MCU. Crazy how the lefties still make dumb excuses as to why it bombs. I'm glad the true fans speak. Yeah. I mean, the fact that their immediate response was to blame, quote, you know, misogyny and men and hating. It's like, there's no there's no need to do that. I, I mean, th things are so clear at this point that there is just no need whatsoever. All right. Things are so clear, in fact, because we actually have a great example that it's not just the Marvels, right? This is something that's impacting a lot of different films. So we'll talk about now some of the other movies that are being impacted by this. The big one, of course, is another Disney film. Happens to have a female protagonist, but this time an animated form in the film Wish, but also a male-led film by Ridley Scott in the film Napoleon. Both are not expected to do very well, all right? As you can see, from Deadline, we've got Wish to rise... <laughs> Don't y'all just love it? To rise Disney Animation star over Thanksgiving with a $75 million global opening, Napoleon charges for $46 million worldwide. Typically, when Deadline focuses more so on the international totals, 
normally that's a sign that things are not looking all that good when you break it down individually. All right. So let's see what they have to say. Disney original animation is looking at a comeback this Thanksgiving. The princess pick wish is looking to uh, looking at as much as 45 to 50. Keep this in mind. 45 to 50 over five days after the studio suffered a setback over last year's holiday with Strange World, which only did 18.8. Okay, as you can see, this is the game that Deadline plays. This is the game that the show media plays. They're trying to act as if this is a huge number and that this is supposed to be impressive. Five days to make 45 to 50 million? Uh, excuse me, did the Marvels barely eke out 44 million in just a weekend? But five days, 45 to 50 is supposed to be impressive for a domestic release? It's not. Like, cl clearly, objectively, it is not. For a holiday frame, when kids, families are out of work, right, and are on vacation and have the ability to go out, that is an abysmal number. But their caveat, right, their, their uh, qualifier is, well... If you compare it to last year's $18.8 million Strange World, oh, well then, it's so much better. That does not make it good. <laughs> that does not make the number actually good. Just because it's not as garbage as last year's garbage release does not change it. I, I just, I don't, I don't see how these people sleep at night with, with the kind of stuff that they put out there. Right. I just really don't. And also, if you were to honestly look at those numbers from last year's Strange World at 18.8 million, average ticket price was a little bit less than last year. So even though I would say on paper, it seems to me that Wish is probably going to have a higher opening weekend than Strange World. And let's be frank, Wish is based upon a key premise of history within Disney itself. Right. It's the whole concept of when you wish upon a star. Now, it's funny because they're like, what's the origins of where you wish upon a star? I used to think it was Pinocchio. When you wish upon a star. And then they're like, oh, you know how there's that whole song? We're going to make a whole movie about it. We're going to make a whole movie about the concepts. Like, really? Y'all are that much out of ideas? And apparently the film shows it. Apparently the film is very much uh, just a showing of Disney's lack of original ideas, lack of original content. And... And it shows. But at least it has that connection. Strange World was a completely original idea. Because it was so original, no one saw it. It was so original that no one had any interest in seeing it because they said, wait, what's this movie about? I don't know. It's some new idea. Okay. No, thank you. <laughs> so it's like when you say you're open-minded. Well, sometimes you can be so open-minded that your brain falls out, right? There's a limit to how open-minded one should be. Because if you're too open-minded, your brain falls out. You know what? If you are too... <laughs> If you're too original, no one goes to see your movie. And that was the case of Strange World. And let's be honest. Yes, more are going to see it in the case of Wish, but still no one's going to see it. With the strikes over, Tony loves stressing this point. We've already made it very clear. Hunger Games proved, beyond any doubt, the actor strike had no actual direct impact on the box office. If it did that weeks plus worth of promotion that they got for the film would have moved the needle and it didn't move it at all. Not a single bit. So spare me that nonsense, Tony. And Thanksgiving week, that is a bit more accurate as far as a legitimate argument. Uh, prime time for movie going with K through 12 schools off all week. 
and colleges off Thursday and Friday. There's a lot of hope for Hollywood for a bountiful box office. Oh, that hope you have. All movies combined to gross $134 million during the Wednesday-Sunday period in 2022. Remember, Black Friday is one of the richest days of the year at the domestic box office. It'll be interesting to see how that compares. The overseas release for Wish is staggered approach a la Disney's Pixar's Elemental, with only 43% of the foreign marketplace going this week. So basically, yeah, so for those that forgot, Elemental did not have a good opening. Elemental was very weak, especially in comparison to other Pixar releases. It's, it's one of the worst performing of Pixar releases. But because they did a staggered international approach, more and more money was made over the course of time so that the film ended up not looking as bad, meaning that it's uh, if you compare the first two weeks to its end results, it was, I think, uh, it made only 25% of its box office in the first two weeks. So 75% of its entire box office was made after its two weeks. So that that's a very good run. That's a good amount of legs. But it's kind of fool's goal. It's a bit of, you know, trick accounting, as it were. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it seem like, oh, well, even though it might seem bad now, don't worry, because we're doing the same thing like we did for Elemental, and that means that we'll get pretty close. Elemental still lost money. Elemental still did not make its money back. So, yeah, even if, even if you do see the same numbers, and based off of the reactions from both critics, because Elemental, at the very least, had some positive reviews from some groups. Wish, as far as like major groups... Critics are against it. Major critics. Um, honest critics are against it. General audiences that I've heard who saw early screenings also against it. There's no real audience for this movie. Some people might go see it, but there's no clear audience. All right. It goes on to say, all in all, 25 million is expected from abroad, where Thanksgiving isn't celebrated for a global opening of $60 million and a running worldwide total by the end of Sunday is $75 million. Remember, Hunger Games, $90 million. Uh, the Marvels around 100 and what 110 million globally in its opening weekend, 75 million. This is being projected as a massive win. I go back to that previous point about the domestic. They said 45 to 50. That's huge when you compare it to Strange World, which was bottom of the barrel. But since we've now had three weeks going into our third of bad openings. Of, of just garbage openings, especially when you have the franchises in mind. We're looking at the same exact... It's, it's kind of amazing that the same number is being made, right? Marvel's 46, uh, Hunger Games 44, now this movie 45-ish. They're making the same amount of money. In the case of the Marvels, we had a massive drop-off. We'll see what kind of drop-off a film like Hunger Games gets. It's not looking like people are going to see these movies, though. And uh, the other thing I'll point out is uh, this is that park place. By the way, shout out to that park place, uh, WW Pro's site. Uh, he he does this site in conjunction with a lot of other YouTubers. And just yesterday they announced John F. Trent of Bounding into Comics fame. Shout out to John F. Trent, uh, uh, big fan of his. Uh, always very nice. We are uh, Catholic brothers in arms. And um, he uh, they made the announcement yesterday that now that park place is going to be the new home of John F. Trent. He is the new editor in chief. And it's going to be going through some changes. So John Trent has some pieces over here already. Um, but one of the pieces that's been posted by uh, the people over at that park place, this by John Trent himself, is going through the tomato meter reviews. So as you can see, uh, as of when this article was being posted, it was at 33% for top critics. It was at 50% for all of the critics. 
right? 5.9 out of 10 was the average rating out of 80 reviews. 40 fresh, 40 rotten. Top critics, it was 5 out of 10. 7 fresh, 14 rotten. And then goes through all of the different ratings. So if you ever wanted to not have to worry about going and supporting Rotten Tomatoes, you don't have to worry about that because John F. Trent is going to be doing it for you and was going to post them here. Out of these reviews, the only one that I saw that I just had to talk about was uh, Miss Queen Shill herself, Grace Randolph. So uh, she gave it a fresh rating. But look at how she says this. Like, sure, it has a lot of problems and feels half-baked. Okay, Grace, you just said the film has a ton of problems and feels half-baked. How can you possibly say anything positive? Like, how can you possibly give it a fresh rating if you say it's full of problems and it's half-baked as an idea? <laughs> and then she explained, but that Disney magic is so powerful. Fans of Disney animation will find it fun, largely thanks to great performances by Chris Pine and Ariana DeBose. This is the thanks I get is a great song. So to me, it sounds like she liked one song in the movie and made an entire positive review based off of her liking of that one song. Oh, and she kind of liked the voice acting done by a couple other people. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, go check out that Park Place if you want to read more reviews. But again, that's the kind of stuff we're seeing. Why I'm suspecting this film's not going to make money. All right, back into the chat. Um, I think that because of our chat, we could probably go... For another 13 minutes or so. 75 people still hanging out on YouTube. Thank y'all again. And I know that other streams tend to go live around this time on Tuesday. So thank y'all for hanging out. All right. Actually, before I go over to my YouTube comments, since I know that uh, Rumble was having issues earlier, let me see if anyone has questions. Let's see. Selects29 over on Rumble uh, says, do you think that the Marvels will actually finish below $20 million worldwide? I think there's a good chance. Um, you know, right now it's hovering around... 162 million. Um, it's going to hit 100 million internationally. Um, but I think right now, the way it's tracking, it's getting close to making less than a million a day. I don't think 100 million dollars domestic is going to happen. And then internationally, that would mean the film has to make closer to 125, probably international. So is 200 million on the table possible? Yes. I think 200 million is more possible internationally than 100 million is domestically. Um, that's kind of where I stand on those films, on those numbers right now. Uh, King and Rumsky says, "How much did you pay Valiant to get on his show?" By the way, I see on. <laughs> he asked me. Okay, he asked me. He knows. He knows who's right about the numbers. It's this guy. You don't know. Apparently, we hate each other, even though <laughs> we both support each other. Uh, Selects that says, is there anything to see this Christmas break that's actually good? Selects 29. As I said, the only film I'm really looking forward to is Godzilla Minus One, and I hope it's good. I hope it's good. Uh, Shen Hong over on Rumble says, new and original ideas are fine. They just remember to wrap them in bacon, not woke politics. That's a good point. Yep. Uh, John Wick, right? John Wick, when the first film came out, it, it did well. But it really didn't do a whole lot until the second and third. It, it built its, I think it actually doubled its audience the second and third film, right? Each film, it doubled its audience, the only exception being the fourth, of course. But still, like the fact that it did that shows you that it was able to get 
a lot of people interested the first time, or at least a good amount of people, and then build from there, right? Because from then it was, have you seen this movie? Have you seen this movie? Have you seen this movie? You gotta watch, you gotta watch it. So that way so many more people were excited, you know, twice as many, in fact, were excited to see it that, that second time. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, selects. Uh, oh yeah, cool, yeah. Awesome. Well, welcome over there. All right. Favorite sci-fi over on YouTube at 747 says, actors still move the needle, but only in the negative direction. And again, I would say yes, yes and no. Um, anyway, Victor Fontaine, what's up? That's the thing. So here's the, Victor, you're right. You're right. Morbius does absolutely need to be in the mix uh, when, when we talk about some of the lowest box offices. But Morbius is so bad, <laughs> it's forgettable. Like, I always forget that Morbius came out. That, that's how bad it was. I mean, I love the memes, but come on. <laughs> Master Gaming. It's interesting that Trolls Band Together came a week before Disney's Wish. That probably was done on purpose because traditionally, it's not smart to go up against a Disney movie. That's not the case anymore. That That's no longer holding to be true. Print screen. Would uh, you think of Killian Murphy as Doctor... What do you think of Killian Murphy as Doctor Doom? I mean, I think Killian Murphy's a fantastic actor, so I could see him doing most roles. Uh, I, I, I don't know enough about the... I don't know enough about the character of Doctor Doom myself, being not a comics person, to know if he would fit it. But I feel like Killian Murphy reminds me a lot about Heath Ledger, right? Where they're both... You know, Heath Ledger was just f- this phenomenally underrated actor. Killian Murphy phenomenally underrated actor if anyone could pull it off i think killian murphy could do a good job with it would he take it i don't know let's see nikki to lance says r.i.p rumblers don't worry they're, they're still being given attention i just can't highlight their comments for some reason um i probably set the stream up a little too early and it caused an issue master of gaming at 753 says disney is releasing the first omen in theaters on april 15th 2024 I don't care much about Omen stuff. Harwick, did you know that Karen Gillan is also a writer and director? I watched a short film she made and her acting in it might just be the best I've seen from her. Nice. I, I like Karen Gillan. I think that she's very talented. Victor Fontaine, picked up Operation Fortune 4K on a $12 price drop and you were right. It was fun to watch. Another good Guy Ritchie movie. Glad you liked it, dude. Yeah, it was, to me, it was it, it was a fun movie. It, it was one of those movies where from the very get-go with the way that the walking, right, that, that beat of the walking is going with, I, I love films like that. The other film that has a similar opening uh, is uh, Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz has one of those openings. Um, I like how it's extended and how it works with the music and it's just fun. I, I think that's the best way to describe it, dude. And yeah, if you can find that film for about that price, I think it's worth it, especially on 4k, uh, abomination. Oh yeah. Did anyone tell the Marvels they need to smile more? <laughs> abomination. He said it, not me. Wasn't me. <laughs> Father Luca, Hollywood, not normal people. How dare you? I know. Print screen thoughts on the new angel studios movie, the shift. I mean, I remember when they announced it. I actually looked into the film when they announced that months ago when uh, Sound of Freedom was still out there. Uh, it looks interesting. Uh, but it definitely does seem like a der- like a derivative of other uh, properties. I haven't seen any recent trailers. Michael A., I missed the last few streams. Did you ever discuss Pedro Pascal as Reed Richards? That's a rumor. Again, that was something where the idea is being floated around. He's not actually been cast. We have to always be very careful with those things, all right? We should never be acting as if something is true until it's actually confirmed. And even what's confirmed, like, is the case when, you know, remember when Ryan Johnson had a confirmed Star Wars trilogy? 
even when something is confirmed, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. Uh, Rob D, have you seen all the Rocky Creed movies? I finally watched Rocky Four. I want to watch the rest. Yes, I've seen I've seen all of them. Um, I love all the Rocky films. I think Rocky Balboa might actually be the best. Uh, just I just really love that movie for some reason. I think that um, Stallone just gives one of the best performances of his career as an older Rocky. I think it's handled very well. Don't get me wrong. I love original Rocky. I love Rocky Two. I love Rocky Four. Um, Rocky three and five, I think are probably the weakest Rocky five is by far the weakest. Um, and then the Creed movies are just, I don't, I will not put them in the same category as, as Rocky, but Creed one is, is fine. And the rest, I, I don't care. Hardwick. I've heard the new Emily Blunt movie pain hustlers is uh, something like Wolf of wall street, but I don't know much about it. Yeah. I've heard about it. Um, it's interesting. The problem that I have with movies like that is okay. You're calling out uh, big pharma. But this is coming from the same Hollywood that has been in, that was shilling for Pfizer and Moderna and all these other companies. Like it's it's just it comes across as so disingenuous. Stephen uh, can't stand Campia. He stated that even though the Marvel did bad at the box office, it still had the highest box office directed by a black female director in the MCU. Yeah, that's all they can come up with. Like so, when a movie is objectively doing terribly, they have to come up with these fake. Uh, metrics of success that mean nothing, that in the long run absolutely mean nothing. And in fact, I would say, if anything, that just makes John Campia more of a racist, as he likes to call everyone else. It's like, oh, so you're saying that you're going to judge her based off of the color of her skin and her gender, because that you're saying the only reason why she has any value is because she's made the most only in this specific category. Oh, okay, John. Yeah, you, you sure you don't want to Change your mind on that. Reword that. No? Okay. Spare me. Orange Hat. The Silver Surfer rumor is over a month old. Exactly. It's like, I, I just don't care. Again, until it's actually been confirmed, it means nothing to me. Uh, Steven. Sorry that your football team, Viking, lost to the Broncos. They're not my They're not my team. What? All uh, right. So we got a few minutes left. Let me try to wrap things up. Dan Crane, hail Odin family of Odin. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. God bless you and God is good. God is indeed good. Amen. Tina, uh, still hanging out in the chat, says Oppenheimer. So Oppenheimer was basically a three-hour movie about everyone being uh, being decade and building a nuclear bomb. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it goes back and forth without rhyme or reason. And it's very, very annoying how it does it. Dan Crane is a citizen of Asgard. Welcome to the citizen of Asgard. Or thank you for being a member for 18 months, brother. Father Luca, y'all have a great rest of the stream and a blessed week. I'll try to sleep at least a little in the bus, by the way, if y'all have, uh, if y'all are Innsbruck. Don't be a stranger. Stop by. Absolutely, Father. Absolutely. Would love. Um, I mean, to be honest, that would be like peak level because then I'd be like, oh, Father, I need, I need someone uh, to celebrate a low mass every day that I'm here. I can trust you. Uh, but yeah, have a blessed feast of the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Tony, says Nikki, absolutely. Good old Tony. Good old Tony. Abomination. Incoming. Uh, wish, 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 memes. I don't think that's going to stick. All right. Barbenheimer was very quick witted and, and, and wish I don't think that's going to work. Wish 
I don't think Wish Olean's going to roll off the tongue nearly as well. I'm, I'm struggling to even say it. Zarevizikowski, a female Silver Surfer. South Park is right again. Yeah, I mean, if they honestly do it, if they honestly put that forward, yeah, I mean, once again, South Park is going to be vindicated. And it's great. I think the South Park thing is honestly one of the most prophetic things because when that came out, it came out at the perfect time. It really honestly did. Uh, guy, you said the same thing four hours ago, dude. Uh, was there a movie you thought won't make a billion, but it made a billion? Oh, you mean Barbie, which I said was going to be successful. I just didn't think it was going to be that successful. You mean that movie? Very different metric here, brother. But, uh, thanks for coming by. Uh, gotta love the trolls. I'm going to post the same thing four hours later. Hardwick. <laughs> what do you think? Of the new Superman casting, Nicholas Holt as Lex Luthor, Skylar Gisondo as Jimmy Olsen, and Sarah Sampo as Eve. I don't know enough about the casting. I like Nicholas Holt. Uh, if he could pull it off, if, if someone could pull it off, I think he might. Black Friday this week, curious if you ever did wait in line for hours. I never did that. Never waited in line. Never really did crazy on-the-day shopping. I tried it a couple times, maybe a few years ago, trying to do stuff for YouTube. It just never really happened. Your average patriot nerd, uh, average patriot nerd says, "Hail chat, hail Odin, hail you." We're wrapping things up here. Robbie, the Marvels, uh, Captain Marvel three, direct to Disney Plus, <laughs> with five million dollar production budget. They wish, they wish they could do that. <laughs> Tina says, "I saw that Valiant had Odin on his shoe." <laughs> uh, goodness gracious! Jakey Buck seventy six is a member. What's up, brother? Uh, hello, all. I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. Wish will flop so badly. We will stop wishing people a Merry Christmas and say, we bid you a Merry Christmas. Uh, Tina says, oh, they'll cast Pedro. Watch. And Melissa McCarthy will end up playing the thing. <laughs> and you know what? If they did that, I would say, bring it on. Why not? Uh, JKD Buck, thank you for being a citizen of Asgard for 35 months in a row. That's awesome, dude. Uh, Tina, Rocky won the Cold War. He stopped the Cold War. Yes, 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 yes. I will break you. Forever sci-fi. I know method actors go overboard, but that role of vegan that Robert Downey Jr. is aiming for might be lethal for him. At least I hope. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't look well. I think I know what you're talking about. Orange Hat. Hope you and your family have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yeah, I hope you all have. Uh, he says, may they all eat hearty and sleep soundly from the tryptophan high. Yes, yes, indeed. J.D. Buck. Oppenheimer's writers probably decided to make a movie with a more messed up timeline than Pulp Fiction. Yep. <laughs> I would say that's probably accurate. Uh, pr uh, print screen. Yep, he is. He is indeed. Harwick, uh, the one fantastic race swap I'd actually be okay with would be casting The Rock as the thing, but only if he wears blue contact lenses. No, 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 no. No, I, I wouldn't be okay with that. Uh, and, and again, for me, it's not about the swapping. It's more about I don't want The Rock playing any of those characters. All right. All right, we're at 8.30. I need to hop off, everybody. So I'm going to go ahead and just say this to everybody. So seriously, thank you all for being here tonight. Uh, this has been an awesome stream. I always love having these conversations with you all. And we'll find out, right? Tomorrow, Wish is getting the full release. And based off of the projections from the show media, though, it's just not looking good. I guess I said, if the metric for success for Wish is, well, at least it's doing 20 plus million more than Strange World, that's not a good thing. It's still projected over five days to make the same amount of money that Hunger Games and the Marvels made in their releases. And for both of those movies, it was a failure. In the case of the Marvels, it's a huge box office failure, financial loss. In the case of Hunger Games, even though they might still technically make their money back because of how they finance the film... 
that's not enough money to build a franchise off of. That's not enough money to restart a franchise, in fact. So it, it's it's not going to end well for them. But anyway, uh, I hope everyone has a wonderful and a beautiful Thanksgiving. Let me just double check and make sure I didn't leave anyone hanging over on uh, on, on Rumble. Shang Hong says, my OCD is trying to pick that whisker off your mic. Well, too bad. You have to deal with it, man. Um, and, and it's, it's going to stay right there. It's going to stay right there. But seriously, you guys are phenomenal I love you guys. Shout out to the members. Shout out to everyone who supported the stream tonight by liking, smash the like button, live the fire button, smash the rumble button as well. You guys seriously are all amazing and beautiful people. Um, stay tuned. We'll have box office updates over the course of the week when I can. We'll see what happens this weekend. I, I should be on Friday Night Tights. We'll see how family is doing at that time. And if not, I will see you all next Tuesday, roughly around 7. Stay tuned. You never know. Have a wonderful rest of y'all's night, everybody. A rest of y'all's week. A blessed Thanksgiving. And as always, God bless.